people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm zach mccoy it is your boy trav and we are your oscar grouches welcome back to the oscar podcast thursday show thursday no we finished we finished that right we finished it wait this is something new isn't it this is something new (laughs) New, shiny notebooks baby i got it (laughs) yeah caitlin was like look i got one that's got spider-man on it and I can use this for animated and whatever we're doing tonight. Well, what is this? I think we're taking a journey into a weird direction. We're not going to cover just one director for this Ooh. series. Instead, we're going to look at multiple directors who were also Oscar winning actors. Oh, keeping themes. And Trav. Oh, yeah. What are we calling this? Uh, I didn't come up with a cool intro. We're calling it the acting direct. Acting direct. Acting like direct. It. Yeah, sounds like an agency. So. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, welcome to the Oscar Rusty Podcast Thursday show, Acting Direct, a show where we are taking a look at the directing filmography of Oscar-winning actors. And Zach, what are we watching this week? We're going to start this show with a crown, with some royalty, with a king, Regina King. Oh! And her 2020 film, One Night in Miami, which is a fictionalized version of a real meeting of four civil rights icons. Right. Mm. Uh, A meeting that did take place Yes. But the events within the meeting are what is fictional. Yes, thank you. Uh, and Regina King, of course, wins her Academy Award for my computer's being so slow. If Beals, if Beale Street could talk, yeah, is the best supporting actress. I was going to say the the year of the film, which I believe is twenty nineteen, uh, twenty eighteen. So I would have been correct. So the twenty eighteen film. If Beale Street Could Talk, uh, a film that I love. Yes. And um, you'd informed us off air that Regina King had directed some television things that just weren't available. I I am very good at finding movies on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a talent I have. I could not mm-hmm. find a single one of her other films that I really wanted to, to watch and cover. Uh, she did some BET films, uh, like Let the Church Say Amen. Right. Uh, she did a documentary. Um, and uh, I really wanted to see those those projects. But Yeah, so so if you're out there, you're listening, and you have these recorded on a VHS somewhere in a closet, send it to us, and we're, right. we'll watch it. Please. Put it on, put it on YouTube. Uh, I'm, okay. I'm interested in watching those. So, unfortunately, yeah. this is the one film of hers that is readily available and easy to access. Yeah. And I didn't have to scour the internet for 
to no avail. I uh, unwrapped my Criterion Collection copy last night. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was crisp and beautiful. It yes. did look nice. Crazy. I'm looking at like the random episodes of television that she's directed. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I was just like, man, some stuff weird too. Like she came into an episode of The Good Doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Random, <laughs> right? I mean, uh, Quentin Tarantino directed like an episode of ER. So we'll. <laughs> <laughs> A bloody one. I was going to say, it's the 90s. It got crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right so uh before we jump into talking about regina king and her accomplishments leading up to this film let's do an oscar breakdown one night in miami is nominated for three academy awards starting with best supporting actor leslie odom jr playing sam cook gets nominated for the Academy Award, and loses to Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. couple strong nominations. Yeah, Lakeith Stanfield, also in the category. Oh, God. So is Paul Racy for Sound of Metal. What a category. And then, yes. and, and then <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen's in for Trial of Chicago 7. That movie sucks. <laughs> so kick him out and put in anybody else in this movie, and you have the strongest category of the night. Yep. Uh, it gets nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, the nomination going to Kemp Powers based on his own play of the same title. And he loses to Florian Zeller for The Father, which is a really, really good movie. The Father? Yeah. Father. It's, it's a, um, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony oh, okay. Hopkins. I was going to ask if I couldn't think of his name, though. So, like, I didn't ask the question. Who, who okay. won his second Academy Award for that film but wasn't there right to get it correct okay. he was asleep he was in bed he was yeah and and covid oh <laughs> he was not yeah, trying yeah. to come over here and right. catch covid from our dub dub country but he woke up and got on instagram and said thank you academy. Yep. thanks academy. <laughs> uh so that's a great film and it gets nominated for best original song Leslie Odom Jr. and Sam Ashworth for Speak Now, the song that plays over the credits, but loses again to Judas and the Black Messiah, giving her DeMille and Tiara Thomas Academy Awards. Love that song. It's like the the ones that lose is you can't even really be. Yeah, I know. It, about, to be honest <laughs> with you. Yeah, it's like there, there's so many things that it could have lost to. It didn't. And the things it did lose to. All really good picks for the category. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So that is our Oscar breakdown. Um, let's talk about Regina King a little bit before we talk about the movie. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> sorry. It sounded like Trav was going to start with something. No, so it's I... just, you know, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please give me more. She is. She's incredible. Oh, yeah. I've, I have been a fan of Regina King for decades at this point. Mm-hmm. Always seemed to be in everything I enjoyed watching. Loved her on 227. She's in Friday, one of my one movie I quote constantly. Mm-hmm. Boys in the Hood, one of those films that I watched at way too young an age. <laughs> Never too young to watch Boys in the Hood. They're probably not, but <laughs> my mom got me Boys in the Hood for Christmas in 2002 because um, I, I had a I had a list of movies and and music mm-hmm. I wanted. 
And she said she went to the store and bought Boys in the Hood, and the cashier commented on, oh, that's an old movie. And it was only like 10 years old at that point. <laughs> anyway. It just feels like it's been there forever. Yep. Uh, yeah, and uh, my sister used to watch Poetic Justice constantly, and then I was real happy when she got picked to voice the two main characters from the Boondocks. Mm-hmm. God. I, I, how do I always forget that? Yeah, it was my that was like my favorite comic <laughs> yeah. strip for the longest time. And yep, oh, show so good. It's, it still never gets old. The, the Boondocks is something that's heavily quoted by Banks on the podcast. Yeah, uh, <laughs> some uh. of that stuff doesn't actually make it into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you just go on tangents. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, but she's an incredible actress. She's mm-hmm. she's been putting in her due for such a long time, and when she won that Academy Award for Beale Street Could Talk, I could not have been happier. Right. Something else that's crazy is um she put this out, and then her next like acting gig is The Harder They Fall. Oh, and she's she's incredible. In that oh, one. good in that yeah. movie. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, she's not often well, is she portrayed as a villain. Yeah. And she was so good. I mean, she starts that? doing Watchmen. Oh, yes. Yeah, and she's I haven't incredible. seen Watchmen yet, then, either. Oh, you need Ooh. to watch Watchmen. She, Ooh. it's a, it's only nine episodes. It's a quick watch. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm. Mm, I'm getting excited. I want to rewatch it myself. Yeah, I do, too. Oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, and and I, I, was real, I was real thrilled when I, I saw she was finally directing something for a big studio yeah and that was this and, and this is gonna go to theaters though right amazon purchased it um amazon yeah. purchased it i do it it didn't go to theaters because it came out during COVID. the covid year so it went pretty much directly to amazon prime um so it, it was just a victim of timing yeah which is crazy a damn how fast shame they got a criterion though yeah, I mean, Criterion's been been picking up a lot of these these streamer like right, yeah, uh, auteur films. So it got Might this be a little easier to financially secure those too. Then. Probably, especially since they don't like a lot of those streamers just don't put their movies out Not constantly. Sure. So mm-hmm. if if Criterion's willing to pay them to release their content they're probably more than happy to take that money from them that's true sure. but yeah i mean they criterion's done uh irishman they did uh sound of metal um yeah. they did uh i'm having trouble thinking of the alfonso Caron film from netflix oh all of a sudden. roma roma thank you yeah oh yeah i've never seen roma excellent film yeah so mm. criterion's just been picking up a lot of these these streamer releases like this well we mm-hmm. ain't bad at it no sir right so Especially. so let's talk about this movie this movie great movie it oh, is a great movie my god this movie's incredible i forgot how good it was actually <laughs> i didn't I, but <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think for me it's a it's a really good movie i don't think it's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life or anything. So especially on a strong year that it came out, mm-hmm. um, 
yeah, I think there was a number of movies I enjoyed more than this one. But I do really enjoy yeah. this movie as we talk about it more. I think it, you know, is in probably my top ten for the year. But you know, I don't have quite as long lists as some people. But um, <laughs> I, you know, I mentioned owning the Criterion, so I loved it enough to right. pick that up. Um, it was my number three of this year. Woo-hoo. Yeah, I hadn't started ranking movies yet. So. <laughs> yeah, it was my number three, right under Jingle Jangle: A Christmas Journey on Netflix. And as it should be, because I don't know if this is better than Jingle Jangle, to be honest. <laughs> with Jingle Jangle. I have been excited about watching it again this year. So. I, I, I don't. I don't rewatch a lot of Christmas movies in a rotation. It's pretty much Shazam and Die Hard. But <laughs> I, th- I think Jingle Jangle A Christmas Journey might go with those two. So, you know, aside from being a, a very good film, I, you know, I, interest in the subject matter of it, um, always been interested in Malcolm X and Sam Cooke is uh, one of my absolute favorite singers. Cassius Clay... Muhammad Ali, very, very interesting figure. And Jim Brown, I mean, he's the only one still living of the four of them. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Get to see him every once in a while, talk about football and stuff. But um, Somehow Bob Dylan made its way back to the podcast. <laughs> I was watching that scene. I was like, oh, Trav's so happy right now. <laughs> uh, which, you know what else is crazy is so many people have covered that song. I just cannot get it just doesn't do anything for me. Message aside, the song just when that old Bob Dylan plays, I'm just like, uh <laughs> Fair enough. But did uh do you know anything about the play, Paul? Or like, you know No, I, I knew nothing. Uh, apparently this play wasn't like a uh like a big runaway hit or anything before uh regina king picked it up to be a movie yeah uh which is interesting like i yeah i really like the concept of the film i just wonder like how it uh materialized or how it came to be like i don't know much i don't know much about the real meeting but i mean yeah there's pretty much nothing of record other than the fact that the four of them met at that hotel yeah like that's that's where the record ends on it, for yeah. what I know. But <laughs> that is a, a a powerhouse four, yeah, in one room. I can I can imagine that a, a lot of this kind of talk wasn't far from what really happened. Yeah, probably not. I mean, when when you think of how all these men were like all on this bubble of their lives completely changing. Yeah, that that this is possibly exactly how a lot of this conversations went. Yeah. Malcolm, you know, never, never the type to mince words, never the type to always, you know, instigating. I don't mean that in a negative word sense either. You know, he, he's going to say something about somebody. Mm-hmm. So um, I love the interactions between him and uh, Leslie Odom Jr. They're just, oh God, they're, both, King- they're both making such good points. Yeah. Kingsley Benadir is. How is he not a more stuff dude? I mean, come yeah, on. how this performance is incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. like insanely incredible. I, I feel like of the four men, he's the one that fluctuates in like tone the most. 
mm. where he is being the powerhouse Malcolm X. And, you know, you hear Sam cook talking about a lot in the movie where he's like, you're, you're talking to us. Like you talk to them. Right. You didn't, you didn't used to do that. So like watching him give Malcolm X, those, those layers to his personality. Like he's, he stutters a lot when he's with these guys and yeah. he's, he's off his guard quite a bit. And he's, he's so into his photography and it gives him such a, <laughs> such an endearing quality that he's got this like little thing that is his and mm-hmm. has nothing to do with anything else. Right. Right. And Oh God, he's so good in this movie. Yeah. I mean, oh, you can say that about everybody like, oh, out of the like four main cast. Like, yeah. None of these guys, none of these guys I feel are, are, wavering in any way they're all so steadfast in their performances yeah and eli what's his last name the guy gory gory okay uh he um it's a it's a hard character to play because you know it's easy to fall into uh caricature you know but i feel like he he walks that line very well yeah absolutely and the fact that he doesn't feel like he's doing some impression of right. Muhammad Ali that he's more bodying the man is very impressive. Yeah. Oh, this film, it also has something that I know you love, even though it's racist, uh, it's still got, um, bridges. Got a bridges. Yes. And I love bridges. <laughs> I don't like bridges saying the words bridges is saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good scene though. Such a good scene. Oh yeah. It, you know, and it really informs, a lot of what Jim Brown says later when, uh, when he's talking to Malcolm about like, I sometimes hate that kind of racist more than I hate the person who's just going to tell me exactly what he thinks. Uh-huh. Right. He's like, but I never forget him. Right. I, I think of everybody who's ever treated me like that, but smile to my face. Like it, it's, yeah, it's a very important scene that is, yeah. Bo, Bo, don't say those words. Right. <laughs> don't do it, Bo. <laughs> Ah, he's so good though too. Yeah, so because gorgeous. he really sucks you in Dude, to thinking. Does. Like you're like, oh, wow, he really respects this man. Uh, oh no, never mind. Sorry, yeah. sorry about uh, that. I forgot ooh. where we were for a second. <laughs> he offered him the lemonade. <laughs> he was. Uh, yeah, we were watching that shitty movie where the other racist threw glasses away that the black men drink out of. <sighs> <laughs> also, I forgot that uh, Lance Reddick was in this movie too. Yeah, Lance yeah. Reddick. <laughs> Speaking of that other shitty movie, it, it does the vine gets dropped. Uh, <laughs> Leslie Adam Jr. is like, "Don't need no green book." <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah. When he's when he's like, "Come on, move out to California. We can do whatever we want out there." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, Lance, I love Lance I love this dude's uh, accent, uh, Muhammad Ali, because I think for us, at least for me, by the time you really get to see like Ali in interviews, like this dude's like a I don't I'm trying to think of the words a he's personality. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean he's just really shaky and not really coherent. And he's mm-hmm. fucked up by the right. time I come of age and see him on talk shows and stuff. So you don't really get to see a whole lot of stuff where, unless it's like old footage, mm-hmm. 
you don't really get to see a whole lot of stuff of him just being a person. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's cool to see that portrayal of him. But it's crazy, but this movie only came out two years ago and Aldous Hodge is you know, the voice of Green Lantern now for DC's animated. And he's right. also in he's Hawkman and Shazam now. Yeah. Like Yeah. Mm. Oh, he's so good in that movie. I can't yes. Yeah, crazy but, uh, that I still haven't seen it. What a, whatever else you have to say about the movie, Alza's Hodge is he's a tour de force in that film. I think he uh, steals almost every scene he's in. I believe it. Him. He doesn't in he does in this one too. Yeah. He's he's so good at it. And he's and he's like the quiet level headed one in this one. And he still manages to command the room every time he talks. Mm. Which is weird because I can't imagine Jim Brown being quite level headed. <laughs> I love that scene though. After uh, Malcolm and um, Sam get in the fight, and and uh, Jim Brown just sits down. And he's like, "Tell me what's going on." It's like that that brotherly love, that mm-hmm. that vulnerability that they're showing. That's a it's a beautiful thing that you don't often get to see between you know two black men in a film like this. But mm-hmm. I love it, and yeah. whether or not. Um, the conversations happened like they did and they really, you know, inspired as much as the movie kind of suggests these things did happen. You know, uh, Muhammad Ali became, you know, a conscientious objector to Vietnam and Sam Cooke writes one of the greatest songs of all time. And Jim Brown becomes a prolific Hollywood actor. And uh yeah, I like that. They added that part at the end where, they kind of show a little bit after what mm-hmm. happened. So, because obviously we know two of them are murdered, and then Ali, yeah. I don't know when he finally starts to not be. Um, I forgot what they used to call him. You know, not the greatest man in the world, but right. the greatest something in the world, whatever they used to call him. Right. So, yeah, that was cool that. Uh, they should, because it could have been so easy to just show, you know. I know that they did the little snippet where, you know, two days later Malcolm X was shot, but they didn't really focus on the tragedy of the rest of their lives. They really just showed, like, and soon after this, this is what kind of happened. So that mm-hmm. was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, that that one shot of Muhammad Ali getting uh, welcomed into the nation of Islam and he looks over and Malcolm X's chair is empty mm-hmm. and he's got that, that look on his face. You know, uh, I just wanted him here with me. Just a beautiful That's a whole moment. movie in itself. Yeah. It like really could be. Bad. <laughs> no. uh, yeah. It, and I, and I'm, I'm really happy because I was, I was really afraid we were going to have to watch Malcolm X get shot. So I'm glad she didn't put that in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looking at Jim Brown's football statistics now, <laughs> you know I'm good for him for getting away from the game and you know saving his body. But if he played another five years, he probably never nobody would have ever broken his rushing record. Yeah, probably. it's insanity. He's so good. He won MVP his last season. <laughs> I mean, realistically, it's the last time the Browns were good. <laughs> yeah. and i'm not talking about like a random off season you know what i mean i mean like they were a prominent name in football yeah but this just i mean it's great film a lot of dialogue a lot of good acting good 
I know this is an actor's movie for sure. Yeah, this this is that that's why if somebody said I don't really care for it, I could understand too because it's an actor's movie. If you're not into the art of acting, right? I could see where somebody'd be like, "Yeah, that movie's boring" because it's literally just talking. And I love that King keeps it from feeling too stagey. Uh huh. Yeah. Definitely. Too like too tepid like she's she's got them moving around and going places and trying to trying to just shake up exactly as much visual style as she could put because sometimes sometimes she makes that room feel like the center of the universe mm. yeah, yeah. and sometimes she makes it feel like a prison yeah and knowing knowing exactly how to do that is such a good trait for a director. Yeah. She, uh, that's why she's, she's the king, baby. That's right. I was going to say, you may not have Martin Luther, but you got Regina in the room. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, her putting them on the rooftop for that scene was a really smart decision. Moving, uh, moving Cassius and Sam Cook out to the liquor store. She's, yeah. It, she's it, so good. It reminds you that, yeah, you're in Miami. This is a big city. You can see the skyline. You can see some of the busyness going around, but then you come back to the room and... All right. Anybody got any other notes? I, awards all around, really. I mean, I know we just <laughs> talked about, like, you can't even be mad at the ones that are lost again. I can't believe it. How do you... For this movie, because nobody's nominated for a lead acting role, right? It, it was supporting, right. you said? Yeah, that's the only... How do you, you pick... Know- the supporting role i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna say this as unfortunate as it is and i think leslie odom jr is incredible in this movie and Mm -hmm. did deserve the nomination so i want to put that out there first but i think he gets the nomination because hamilton uh hamilton yeah plus you know having the song i guess you know makes him probably the more um prolific group one of the group but yeah Hamilton, you're probably right. He's such a good singer. My oh, he's God. so good. How are you that good of an actor and that incredible of a singer? Right, because he doesn't Musical rest theater, on baby. Yeah, he doesn't rest on his singing chops for this film. Uh, not, he, does, he, does he doesn't great. rest on his singing chops in Supernatural either. Yeah the 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 little bit of singing we get to hear him do is nice, but he really carries this with his performance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I because oh, but the song at the end though, yeah, good God, when he finally sings, I mean, huh, I like it more than the actual song to be honest with you. The dude was in, dude, it sounds so good mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. So let's jump into our worsty judgments. <laughs> Where's the sitting on your Regina King ranking? Number one. Of course, where else would it be? Um, This was only my second time watching it. Um, I gave it a four and a half star because the performances are just sensational. Phenomenal. And again, like you just mentioned all these things about Regina King's directing. How immediately once this was released, people weren't knocking on her door to do more. Right beyond yeah. me and maybe they weren't she turned it down i don't know but 
Yeah, I don't understand how she's not doing. Did she direct any on Watchmen? That's what I, I was wondering. Episodes? I don't think so. Hold she on, didn't. let's see. Okay. Yeah, so far, so far, this is her last thing she's directed. She's got a she's episode got a in full coming out. One of episode one of A Man in Full, and in pre production we have Bitter Root. Oh, Bitter uh, Root. Which in 1920s Harlem, a family of monster hunters operate to stop a portal to the netherworld from being opened. That sounds okay, dope as shit. Hell yeah. For that. <laughs> hey, she, you say she's directing that or she's going to be in it? She's directing that. Yeah. This, no, girl's, a, this girl's a nerd. No <laughs> cast attached right now. Uh, well, again, like now we're just going crazy <laughs> off topic, but again, she had directed some episodes of The Strain. If you've never seen The Strain, it's Fucking mm. awesome oh. mm-hmm. on that, FX. Is, it, is that based on the Guillermo del Toro book? Yes. And I think uh, del Toro may be like a producer on it, but I don't know if that's a piece of producer on it because it's his. So maybe, you know, just kind of like with some of the DC stuff when it's like executive producer Zack Snyder, but he had no say so in anything that happened in the movie. So right. I don't know del Toro's involvement in the show, but the show's awesome. Mm, so, that was the one I meant to see. Yeah, that's crazy that she directed stuff on that too. Uh, wow, she directed some stuff on Shameless. Mm. So yeah, but anyways, um, I don't even know where we are. Four and a half stars. <laughs> Great movie. Highly recommend. Nice. All right, Zach, we're sitting on your Regina King ranking. Trav can just edit in what he just said for what I said. <laughs> All, everything. It's number one, four and a half stars. Um, I, there's nothing, nothing wrong with it. It's just like, like he said earlier, it's not, it's not one of my absolute favorite movies ever. It's not one of the best movies I've ever seen, but it's just so it's great. And it's really great. Yeah. You know, I, I'm always hesitant with five stars cause I just, I reserve five stars for my, like my absolute favorites. Um, uh, four and a half. Excellent. Great. Can't wait to see what she does next. And I recommend this, uh, essential, civil rights movement watch as well i should have asked this earlier zach what Uh, comes in the criterion what comes in the criterion yeah i it's got a nice beautiful booklet that i haven't really looked through yet and i haven't watched any of the special features yet but that's you know i'll I'll go grab it from my criterion shelf while you guys talk oh Oh. paul Paul has one too oh I, i think i knew that but i'd forgot he wasn't bragging about it like you were, mm. you know. So beat him to the punch. <laughs> he'll get back and he'll hear this when he's listening to the episode. Punch, punch. Take a drink. Sip, sip. Paul's still not back to his seat. But the cool part is we get to look at um all the stuff all on the, the shelf. Oh yeah, all the, oh, all and the creatures. The, and the beautiful man is back. He still can't hear us because he doesn't have the earphones in. Oh, so handsome. Oh, and he's opening it. Let's see. Put him in, hey. Daddy. Hey, welcome back. Thank you. All right. So we got new conversation between King and filmmaker Casey Lemons. New conversation among King, screenwriter Kent Powers and critic Gail Robertson. Conversation between King and filmmaker Barry Jenkins from a 2021 episode of The Director's Cut, a DGA podcast. 
New program featuring King and actors Kingsley Benedier, Eli Gorey, Aldous Hodge, and Leslie Odom Jr. New program on the making of the film featuring King Powers director of photography Tammy Riker, editor Tariq Anwar, producer Jody Klein, costume designer Francine Jameson Tanchuk, and set decorator uh, Janessa Hitzman. New program on the film Sound Design featuring sound editor and mixer Andy Hayes, sound mixer Paul Ledford, and music producer Nick Baxter. Uh, subtitles, blah, 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 and an essay by critic Gene Seymour. See, if I'd watched some of those special features like the one with uh, Powers, I'd probably been able to answer my own question about what, uh, this ooh, is booklet, about what inspired. This is a really nice booklet. Sorry. Yeah. And I, the, uh, the disc itself has like a texture to it. Oh, yeah, it sure does. Yeah, nice. yeah, feel that nice. disc. Mm-hmm. I love the artwork too. Criterion's been a little hit and miss for me lately with some of their covers, but I really like this one. Oh, yeah, that cover's fire. Yeah, yeah, it's real nice. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right. As for me, Paul, as for me, <laughs> uh, I love this film. I think it's. Uh, like Travis said, it is a gorgeous piece of acting, uh, which, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of real great stage plays that get turned into movies uh, like 12 Angry Men or mm. um, Gary Glenn Ross. Yeah, uh, really shine with a great director. Like there's some there's some adaptations that feel very stagey and it takes uh-huh. a really good director to bring out great performances and not make it feel like they're just filming a stage play. Right. Good point. Um, and uh, I also gave this four and a half stars. I think King is incredible. I really hope that bitter root, uh, becomes a mm-hmm. thing. I'd love to see mm-hmm. that, especially with the artwork that's on the IMDb. Ooh. Um, yeah, no, this movie's incredible. Uh, though I do have it sitting in the middle of my Regina King rankings, which is number one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The fact that <laughs> you somehow had that going like just blows my mind. <laughs> like middle. Uh, yeah, the yes. very middle. Very middle of my one film on her. <laughs> it's uh, the sandwich and the bread. Yes. All Regina King all the time. She is, mm. she is the KFC double down. <laughs> the RK. <laughs> RK, baby. All right. I guess we'll call it there. Uh, Trav, let people know where they can follow you on the media social. Of course I am on the Instagram at ZKAudio. I'm also on the Twitter at uh, T-R-A-V-I-O-S-Z-K. Or I'm also on Letterboxd. And your boy today... Finally watched all six episodes of Tales of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. I saw you ranked it. And my God, again, I fucking love Star Wars. My especially animated Star Wars. Yeah. Was incredible. Watch all. As soon as I started one, I just watched all six. Not that they're super long or anything, but. Yeah. So good. Great backstory to stuff. Great segue right into ahsoka's new series coming out this year it was i can't if you like star wars you like jedis go watch how how dave filoni's not just in charge of everything it will always baffle me yeah well look 
Lucas Lucas Films gave him the keys. So yeah, Zach, where can people find you on the media social? You can find me on Critiker, Zachmaster, X A K K M A S T R, TikTok, House Havoc, Letterbox by searching my name, Mister Workman. You can follow me at Shark Dressed Men on TikTok, where Joseph Tappy and I are covering shark related content. And you can follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter and Letterboxd, where I am keeping a running tally of all the films that I watch. And this week, I went to go see Tar, new oh. Todd Field film starring Kate Blanchett. It is incredible. Holy fucking shit. Tar. <laughs> Look, I know. When I saw you ranking on Letterbox and my good friend Darren Bailey ranking on Letterbox, I was like, okay, I know if both of these guys are saying what they're saying about this film, uh, this is one that is a must-see. Look, all I'm going to say is I want Kate Blanchett to ruin my life. <laughs> ruin it. Ruin it. In some way, she's already ruined mine. <laughs> Because Lord of the Rings ruins cinema. <laughs> yes, that's correct. <laughs> um, what a cinema ruining masterpiece. And with that, I would like to say thank you to Trav for oh, producing welcome. our podcast. And you can catch Trav on our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Mm-hmm. Like, thank chad ramsey for our most excellent theme song we'd like to thank megan and jay bellview for our beautiful artwork we'd like to thank uh that's all the thanks we have you can follow the show on twitter and instagram at oscar pod and on facebook at the oscar podcast don't forget to subscribe to the podcast leave us a nice five-star review on apple podcast stitcher or spotify it really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm the almighty algorithm of breaking news Next category announcement. Oh, yes. So, uh, Zach, what are we watching next week? We have pooled the actors together, pulled some names, and we got George Clooners, a.k.a. Juria. What is happening over there? Zach, are you having a stroke? I don't know what just happened. I know you're going for the BoJack Horseman reference. Yeah, Don't worry, I then I messed up my own mouth trying to say George. He's trying to George, say bread, bread poot. Bread poot. <laughs> George Clooney is an Academy Award winning actor who has directed some films. And we're going to dive into his filmography, starting with Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Woohoo! <laughs> which can rent on Amazon, Google, Philo, Voodoo, YouTube, or stream for free on Pluto TV. Oh, Pluto TV is the best. Better than Tubi? It's it's pretty much the same. Yeah, it's not the just Tubi be having those those movie that Banks likes so much. <laughs> like I'm I'm in love with a church girl. Yes. <laughs> Winding and grinding up there on the altar. Besides, we got the Reverend Reverend D on the podcast. So. That's right. <laughs> Baby, uh, right. holy water. So for <laughs> Trav, Zach. And our queen, Regina King, we would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs>